Welcome to Ottawa Valley Community Church, where we simply want to help you encounter Jesus, be transformed, and share His love. You saw the screen. Uh, Amber would identify with that being in another culture where you see children who have so little and are so grateful. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. The ultimate example of thanks all this morning, I'm going to take you a little higher than that. Romans 8 verses 14 to 16 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you should not be cowering fearful slaves. You should be even fit like God's very own children, adopted into his family, calling him Father, dear Father. For his Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our hearts and tells us that we are children of God. As I shared with you a moment ago about these children and thinking about who we belong to. Now, I'm going to do a listen in Newfoundlandese for you this morning to start off with. All right? Are, are you ready for this one? You going to cooperate with me? Would you like to learn a new language? <laughs> All right. Yeah, I preached a sermon a while ago, uh, maybe a couple years ago, and it was entitled, Who You Longs To. That's right. Yeah. I got that notebook. What? If you were in Newfoundland, right, my brother and sister down there, you might not have been, you've encountered some strange things, didn't you? You've had to wonder exactly what are they saying and what do they mean? <laughs> See, mm -hmm. if you were to say, you know, whose child are you? Who are your parents? A lot of Newfies, I wasn't one of these, but a, a lot of Newfoundlanders, they would actually say to you, who belongs to? Right. That means, who do you belong to? Who are your parents? So if you ever take a trip to Newfoundland and someone meets you for the first time and they say to you, who you belongs to? Now you know exactly what they mean, right? So when we think about you and I this morning, I want to ask the question, who you belongs to? I am a child of God. A while ago, uh, I read a story of something recently that happened in Newark Airport. Uh, a flight got canceled. We don't know what it is, right? Flight's been canceled. We sure do know the age that we're living, but flight's been canceled. A flight got canceled, and uh, everybody rushed back uh, uh, to the uh, counter where the lady that would take care of them, and they were all, the entire plane load were lined up wanting to rebook their flight. And while the process was going on, there was a gentleman in the back of the line who got perturbed, and he made his way to the front of the line, and he demanded of the lady that she book him on now. I want to be booked right now. And she said, uh, said to him, no, you have to go back to the back of the line. You have to wait your turn. And he looked at her, and he said, do you know who I am? You know, when someone says that, they're saying that I'm of a higher status. And, but that lady was so smart. It was so neat what she did. When he said that to her, she took the microphone and she announced over the PA system 
ladies and gentlemen, could I have your attention for a moment? We have a gentleman here at the desk at gate 14, and he don't know who he is. If anybody knows him, could you please come and help him identify him so he will know who he is? And she put the mic down, and the man looked at her, and he slapped his hand on the desk and made an unpleasant gesture with his hands toward her and angrily walked to the back of the line. Do you know who I am? This morning is the question. Today is Thanksgiving Sunday. And the question is this. The question for this Thanksgiving Sunday is, who do, or sorry, do we know who we are? Do we really know? Has it really registered with us? We have a status, a rank this morning, that is mind-boggling. A status I want to say thank you, Jesus, for this Thanksgiving. Now, I've never went down this road before. I've never preached on this for Thanksgiving. We have a lot to be thankful for. So much. And I could name so many things. I could go into Scripture. I could do a sermon this morning on where Scripture talks about thanking God and, you know, and all this kind of stuff. But the things that we can be thankful for, I believe this is the ultimate one. The fact that you and I have been born again, we have a status. Amen. We have a status this morning. Now I want to ask this question. Does insecurity ever rise up in you? And the answer is yes. There are times we may feel insecure. Could it be that we sometimes struggle with an insecurity because we base our worth on earthly, the earthly value system and not God's. I read a quote this week by Laurie Shoemaker. It said, neither the unsteady world nor the broken people in it should determine the measure of our worth. Amen. That privilege, she said, belongs to our maker, so this morning, who you belongs to? I am a child of God. Amen? I asked Aaron to sing that for us this morning. I am a child of God. 2 Corinthians 6 and 18 says, i got to talk fast. i got a lot of notes here, and I will get through them in a reasonable time. It says, and I will be your father. Now, I highlight it in my notes, your. That means there's not one of us left out. God doesn't say, I like you if you're of this color. God doesn't say, I like you if you're of this race. God doesn't say, I like you because of your social status. But God loves all of us. Amen. Equally, might I add this morning. And I will be your father. You will be my sons and daughters, says the Almighty. Now you're going to notice in other scriptures it says sons. But actually is not in, his intention is not gender. He loves women and men equally this morning. Amen. Galatians 3 and 26 says, For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. You notice again it said you are all. If you're here this morning, you've had a born again experience. You are a child of God. And we're, again, we are all equal. Uh, Romans 8 and 14 says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. 
Galatians 4 and 7 says, Now we're no longer living like slaves under the law, but we enjoy being God's very own sons and daughters. I am a child of God. So who is this talking about? Jesus made it very clear in John 1 verse 2, 12, I'm sorry. And it says there, but those who embrace him and took all of his name were given authority to become the children of God. Isn't that awesome? Are you awake? Isn't that awesome? Amen. Oh, wait. No, no, no. I just realized something. Maybe it's not so awesome after all. In the scripture that I read this morning, it says, you sh uh, so you should not be cowering, fearful slaves. You should behave like God's very own children is adopted children. Well, that's negative connotations with that. Is adopted, adopted into his family, calling him father, dear father. Adoption in our culture can have negative overtones. It really can. The adoption of the believer. Paul speaks of the Christian as being adopted into his family. So the bottom line this morning is I can feel less than a son or daughter. Because I'm adopted. But we have to understand adoption, adoption in our culture is so different than in the culture that Paul was talking about. You see, when my wife was growing up, she had had a fixation for a, quite a while on the fact that she would say to her parents, she was an only child, she had a brother who died before she was born as a small baby, and she was the second child, she was the only child, and she had a fixation and she couldn't let it go. Nothing they said would give her total assurance for a long time. She would say to her parents, am I adopted? I don't know why she had got that in her head. You remember that, Dorothy? And she would say to mom and dad, mom and dad, did you adopt me? And what she was really saying is, am I actually your child or am I less than your child? Is what she was saying. Am I adopted? Did I come from another family? Adoption, as I said, can have negative tones for an adopted child. They may not have the same rights in some relationships as a birth child. Or they may not have any rights at all. It's possible in, if you were adopted. <coughs> may not have any respect for their adopted parents. Or the reverse of the adopted parents may not have a whole lot of respect for the adopted child. Now, given after saying that, there are many that have been adopted and they were accepted as a total child, just like the birth kids. But not everyone do. So why would Paul use something like this in defining us? Why adoption? It is only when we understand how serious and complicated a step Roman adoption was that we really grasp the depth and the meaning of this passage. So the Roman tradition of adoption, I want to take a few moments, and I believe when I'm through with this, you will realize how much you really are a child of God. You say, can it be possible that I can be, you know, a brother or a sister to Jesus? Wow, that's pretty awesome, isn't it? If you were here this morning and you said, you know, uh, King Charles is my uh, father, 
We would all have such respect for you, we would, uh, at least most of us, if not all of us, we would have such respect for you and on and on because of who you are. But this morning, step of adoption is amazing. The first thing that we want to see is called the Patria Potestas. I want you to bear in mind, we were children of Satan and now we are children of God. If you didn't, if you didn't, oh, I think he's downstairs, is he? If you, no, he's right here. If you didn't know Jesus, you would be a child of Satan. Am I not right? That's very true. Okay? And Ephesians 2 and verse 2, I'm going to read it from the Amplified. I want you to see this. One time you walked evidently, you were following the course and fashion of this world, were under the sway and the tendency of this present age, following the prince of the power of the air, you were obedient to and under the control of and, and the demon spirit that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience, the careless, the rebellious, and the unbelieving who go against the purpose of God. That's who we were before we were accepted into God's family. So now, the process of adoption I want us to look at. The Patria Potestas speaks of the father's power over his family. This power was absolute. By absolute, I mean uh, complete, unconditional, unlimited power over his family. Now, Aaron, Pastor Aaron is over here, and your father is over there. If we lived in under the Roman Empire, Dad, can I tell you, you, you have absolute power over this boy. Though he got out of the house, though he's married, he is still in control. He still tells you what to do. Things are probably still be better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's bad news for you over here because when you grow up and you move out and you find a nice young lady, you get married, your father is going to be your boss. That's what it meant in the Roman Empire at that time. Absolute control. Father and son relationship. In regard to his father, a son never became of age. He's still my son. I still tell him what to do. No matter how old he was, he was still under the patria potestas, the power of his father. His father still called the shots. So adoption, therefore, was a very serious and difficult step. Why? A son had to pass from one patrial potestas to another. Legally passed from absolute position and control of one father to another. And it, wasn't, it was difficult. So we have the patrial potestas. Now we're going to look at the two legal steps of adoption. And they are called... They were called emancipado and uh, the vindicado. All right? That's what it was called. Uh, the emancipado was a symbolic sell. Pastor Aaron, your father, would sell you to the other guy. All right? He'd sell you and make some moolah here, man. I'm not sure he's worth that much. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> a symbolic sell, all right? This symbolism of sell was carried out three times. He would sell them and he would give them back. He would sell you and they would give you back. 
Twice the father symbolically sold his son, and twice he bought him back, but the third time he did not buy him back. Thus the patrial potestas of the birth father uh, was now broken. Took three steps, and that's no longer, that, that is not, you tell me that's your father, that is not your father. All right. If you were adopted into a, a, a new family, that would you would never be. He would never be referenced as your father. Then there is the vindicato. It's a court case. A second ceremony. The adopting father went to a Roman magistrate and presented a legal case for the transfer of the person to be adopted into his patrial potestas, his ownership, his control. Legally into his complete position and control. So the ceremony, the emancipatal, broke the birth father's right of control of the son. The second ceremony, the vindicato, solely gave the adopted father the rights that he had. Who, is, who wants to adopt this boy? I got nobody wants you. Begging up here. The amazing thing about this adoption is the consequences. This is really going to come on to you when you realize who you are. There were five consequences of this adoption. Uh, this is what is most significant about the picture of Paul had in mind here for the child of God. <clears throat> Again, keep in mind what I said to you, who you were. You were following the prince of the power uh, of uh, the prince and the power of the air. You were obedient and under control of the de demon spirit. So you were under the control of Lucifer, and you were uh, 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 Jesus. The Bible says he bought us with a price. He bought us. So the adoption meant that the adoptee had a loss of rights. He lost all rights to his own family, and his birth father lost all rights to him. All right? He gained all the rights of the fully legitimate son in his family. The only life, uh, that the old life has no more rights over us. And when it comes to you and I this morning, and Satan has no claim on us. Romans 8 and 31, you see, we're talking about a loss of rights. Satan has no right anymore. At Romans 8 and 31, if God is for us, who can be against us? Who can be our foe if God is on our side? If you and I have been bought into the family of God, we've been adopted by God, it means that Satan cannot condemn us. How many of you have ever struggled with the condemnation that comes from the enemy? I want to tell you this morning, Satan cannot condemn us. I love this from the Passion Translation in Romans 8 and 1. So now the case is closed. Wow. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. He cannot condemn us anymore. And if he is condemning you, you need to speak to him under the authority of God's word. And you need to tell him the goal. James 4 and 7 says, so then surrender to God, stand up to the devil and resist him and he will turn and run away from you. Amen. Resist the devil and he will flee. Amen. 
How many times have I lived under the condemnation of the enemy in my mind? And I then, as I begin to quote the word of God to him, what I'm going to share with you this morning, I begin to quote that to him, and Satan had to go. God has absolute right over us. We got a new father. Yes. A brand new father. An awesome father. Romans 8, 15 to 16. But you have received the spirit uh, of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God. You will never be orphaned. Oh, you will never be orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. The King James says, we call him, have a father. In the, uh, in the uh, first century of Palestine, a child, you would hear a child running and saying, Abba, 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 Abba. How many of you, you know, sometimes you, you, you younger parents with kids, younger kids, and you hear mom, mom, mom too many times. Mama, mama, dad, 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 mama. Oh, I wish they would stop and give me a break. <laughs> you would, in the Palestinian culture, you would hear a child saying, Abba, Abba. And it says there, we can call him Abba, father. And the word Abba means daddy. Daddy. He's, now, we need to be careful that we don't respect who God is. Yeah, that's my dad. No, he's my father. He's daddy. He's my absolute awesome father. I am his child this morning. Express, it expresses a relationship that only that exists only within the family circle. If you call him Abba, it is because he's your father. Thirdly, this morning, the consequences by law, you became an actual son. Equal to a birth son. Not like we think of adoption today. In the eyes of the law, the adopted person was literally and absolutely the son of the new father. Absolutely no distinction made between an adopted son and a birth son. They were equal. Not like sometimes in our culture. How literal was this? Emperor Claudius adopted Nero so he could have a son to succeed him to the throne. Well, Claudius had a daughter and her name was Octavia. By law, though they were in no way blood related, they were considered to be literal brother and sister. Guess what happened? They fell in love. And Nero wished to marry Octavia, but they could not marry because they were considered by law to be brothers and sisters, even though it was not a blood relationship. We know that, you know, a brother and sister who are related by blood cannot marry in our culture. The same thing in that day. Even if you were adopted, you were considered to be equal to the son, and you couldn't marry for them to marry, the Roman state had to pass a specific legislation so Nero could marry a girl who was legally, but not physically, his sister. That's how literal they took it. So for us, position change. Once we were in the absolute position 
of our old patria potestas, which was sin, our father Satan, we were children of Satan, and he had absolute control over our sinful nature. I've already shared it with you. Let me do it one more time very quickly. In which at one time you walked evidently, you were following the course and the fashion of this world, you were under the sway and the tendency of the present age, following the prince and the power of the ear. You were obedient to and under the control of demon spirit that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience, the careless, the rebellious, and the unbelieving who go against the purposes of God. That's where you were. But God in His mercy has bought us into absolute possession of Himself. Lucifer has no more rights Amen. over us. We are children of, the God, of God this morning. And He has no authority over us. Listen Amen. to Ephesians 4, verses 2, verses 4 to 6. But God with His unfathomable uh, uh, unfathomable riches in his love and mercy focused on us. Aren't you glad he focused on you? Uh, united us with the anointed one and even infused our lifeless souls with life. Even though we were buried under mountains of sin and saved us by his grace. And then in verse 6. He raised us up with him and seated us in the heavenly realms with our, uh, with our beloved Jesus, the anointed, liber the liberating king. Oh, we're a child of God this morning. So we are now under a new patrio potestas and is none other than Jesus Christ himself. I am a child of God this morning. And thirdly, five consequences, he became a hero. He legally became heir, this is the son back in that day, uh, to his father's estate as a legitimate son. Remember uh, Claudius uh, adopted Nero because he didn't have a son to, uh, to become king? And he became equal. Even if other sons were afterwards born, they were blood relation, it did not affect the rights. He was a co-heir with them. So what about us this morning? As we're adopted into God's family. Romans 8 and 17 says if we are God's children, that means that we are his heirs along with the anointed, sent to inherit everything that is his. If we share in his sufferings, we know that we will ultimately share in his glory. The King James puts it this way, if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Jesus. It's amazing. We become heirs to all the riches of God. We become joint heirs with Christ. After all, we are sons and daughters. Pastor Ivan, do you have any, you know, highfalutin relations in your, you know, in your family? Well, I can't say I'm related to King Charles. But you know what? <laughs> One of my uh, uncles did uh, some research, uh, uh, this is before the days of the internet, and I got the paperwork from him, you know, a big list of paperwork. Uh, my mother's surname was Sweet Apple. That's what makes me so sweet. No, <laughs> Sweet Apple. And they traced the Sweet Apple family back to, I think it was 1600 and something, and back in 1600 and say 60, that there was a Sweet Apple related to me who was a knight in the king's court. That'll, 
That's the whole get me there? No. Oh. That's why I guess I didn't get invited to the... <laughs> yeah. We are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We become heirs to all of his riches. I have royal blood Amen. flowing Amen. through my veins. The devil tells you that you ain't much. You tell him, do you know who I am? <laughs> do you know who I'm related to? I got royal blood going through my Things. This is the fourth consequence. I love this one. The new person who was adopted into the family had a clean slate. Yes. Again, keep in mind Ephesians 2 and 2. Uh, you were following the prince and follower of this here, all right, as we go down through this. In law, if he, the son was adopted, the old life of the adopted son was completely wiped out. Mm -hmm. How many of us would love to be able to have our history wiped out? <laughs> you know some of the benefits of that all of now I love this all of his debts were paid mm -hmm. yes. how many got a mortgage how many got a car how many got credit cards imagine your debt was totally paid you had a total clean slate mm -hmm. the adopted son was regarded as a new person entering into a new life which which the past had nothing to do Nobody could bring nothing up on you because you didn't exist prior to that adoption. The records are all gone. There's nothing on you. Can I tell you something this morning? My past is wiped out. Completely wiped out. I don't care how bad you were in your past. This is one of the benefits of being adopted into God's family. Your past history before you became a child of God is totally clean. Hallelujah. Aren't you grateful? Yes. Amen. It's totally clean. The depths of the past life are wiped out, canceled, and if as if they had never existed. Uh, Micah 7 19 says, Once again you will have compassion on us. You will trample our sins under your feet and throw them into the depths of the ocean. And someone said, and then he put up a sign, no fishing. Hey. Amen. Don't go back there and try to fish it out. It's gone. It's cast into the sea, into the ocean. Another scripture talks about the sea of forgetfulness. Never to be remembered against us ever, ever again. Amen. That's worth smiling about, isn't it? Yes. Your past is gone. 1 John 1 and 9. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from some of the wrong. Some are a bit big, so he's going to leave them there. Every wrong. Wow. The adopted person is regarded as a new person entering into a new life and Paul brings this out in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. What this means is that those who become Christians become new persons. They are not the same anymore for the old life is gone and a new life has begun. I'm a new creation. We used to say I'm a brand new man. All things are passed away. I've been Born again, more than a conqueror. That's who I am. I'm a new creation. I am a brand new man. You'll have to forgive my passion this morning, but I'm very passionate about this as I preach this to you. And I'm almost through. I'm getting there. Colossians 2 and 14. I love the way that Peterson paraphrases the scripture. Listen to it. It's awesome. Think of it. All sins forgiven. The slate is wiped clean. The old arrest warrant is canceled. Did you see this week 
in the U.S. that uh, 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 President Biden forgave thousands of people who had criminal records with smoking marijuana? Did you see that? Well, listen, my God, my team, he has wiped my slate clean. If there was any arrest warrants on me, they're canceled and nailed to the cross. The past is wiped out and there is no record. Yes. I love that. Then the last privilege of this is the witnesses. Yes. Now this was very important. The adoption had to be carried out in the presence of seven witnesses. Seven people had to go through the court system and witness that, you know, that Aaron wasn't... Still, anybody want Pastor Aaron? No. Someone? Okay, right back in the back. No. It's your mother-in-law. Your mother-in-law is willing to adopt Thank you. you. All right? <laughs> so what would happen is you would have to have seven witnesses to the fact that you are no longer his father. And you, did your husband agree to this? Yep, he got his hand up. You folks are the parents. But this guy over here, I wish you luck. <laughs> Can't resist that. You're allowed to make fun of me anytime, all right? Because I'm sorry. I'm a newfie and I got a little bit of that in me. So, uh, so if the adopting father died and someone dis some dispute arose to the right of the adopted son to inherit, one or more of the seven witnesses would step forward and acknowledge the adoption was legitimate and he's just as much a son as what Amber, no, not Amber, uh, 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 your wife is downstairs, Anna is. He's just as much a family member as Anna. So if Anna is going to get an inheritance from you, he deserves one too. That's what it's saying. Okay, so the witnesses, what does that mean for us? I want you to see this. We have a witness. And he is an awesome witness. Amen. I want a witness that is going to be acknowledged by God and accepted by him. Yes. And I can only think of one. And that's the Holy Spirit. Yes. Romans 5, 8 and verse 16. The Spirit himself bears witness to our spirit that we are children of God. I have a witness in heaven. And he's the third person of the Trinity. And any time that the devil would question my relationship, that I can call my witness forward. And the moment that the Holy Spirit declares it, the devil got no choice but walk away. Isn't that wonderful? So what does Paul picture for us in Romans 8, verses 12 to 7? When we become Christians... We enter into the very family of God, not based on any merit of our own, but simply on grace. We become true sons and daughters of God. One writer put it this way, God, the great Father, in His amazing love and mercy, has taken the lost, helpless, poverty-stricken, debt-laden sinner and adopted him into his own family so that the debts are canceled and the unearned love and glory are inherited. So I can say this morning, I am, as our worship team comes back, a child of God. Amen. And I got evidence. I'm going to close with this thought this morning. I have evidence. I have DNA evidence. Mm -hmm. You and I know that the moment DNA enters into the trial, if it's, if it's brought to clear the person, it's accepted above everything else. 
if the person is claiming to be innocent of something but they found his DNA there, you're up the creek. So I got some DNA evidence for you this morning. 1 John 7 says, But if we live in the light as God does, the blood of his son Jesus washes all our sins away. Where do we get DNA? He's in the blood. 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 You, you get contaminated with blood, you got the DNA, man, that's going to get in your system. You have to be careful. So that's why they wear gloves when they, and everything else when they're dealing with people that are bleeding and whatever else because they know that whatever is in that blood is going to get into me. And I have the blood, I said this morning, of Jesus Christ flowing into my veins. So therefore, I have DNA evidence this morning. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, but if anyone is unfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new creation. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. And then in Ephesians 3 and 17, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Jesus Christ is in me. So the DNA is there, folks. You can't get away from that. We have DNA evidence this morning. Galatians 2 and 20. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but who lives in me. Christ lives in me. So I have the DNA evidence. So when Satan comes... Uh, and condemns you. This is what I want you to do. I want you to take up the scripture that I gave to you this morning. That is the evidence, the DNA test. Show him the test. Show him that you've accepted Christ. Show him what the word says about you. And then the devil got no other choice but to walk away because you have the ultimate evidence. Yes. Isn't that awesome? Did awesome. God choose to live in me? Did God choose to live in you this morning? That is totally awesome. I close with the last verse, John 3, verses 6 to 7. Humans can reproduce only human life, Jesus said, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say to you, you must be born again. Yes. New birth. When I came into this world, I came into this world with the DNA of my mother and my father. If there ever was a dispute over the fact that I am a legit son, what do they do? They do a, say it with me. They do what kind of a test? DNA test. And they find out I am a real son. So when I was born into the family of God, when Jesus Christ birthed me into his family, uh, I became a true child of God. Hallelujah. Men, put your hand up for a second. Men, you are a full-fledged birth son. You're not just adopted. You're, you're born in the family of God. Women, put up your hand. All you, come on, put up your hand. All you ladies that know Jesus this morning, can I tell you this morning that you are a legit daughter of God. Hallelujah. So don't let the devil ever tell you that you're not worth it. God doesn't really care about you. God does care. He does. And God loves, as I said earlier, everybody equally. Yes. Free. Amen. 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 So I close off with this this morning. 
my thanksgiving this morning is an ultimate example of things. I am, we sang it earlier, a child of God. And I think the closing song is going to bring the same thing. But before you even sing, Aaron, could we stand? Could we raise our hands to heaven for one moment and say, God, I am so thankful. I, I am so thankful this morning that you adopted me into your family. I am so thankful this morning that I am a child of God. Thanks for joining us. To connect to the ministries of Ottawa Valley Community Church, visit ovcchurch.ca.